In Mark 1.25, Jesus set a man free, saying, Hold thy peace. He shut the spirit up by the power of the word. He came out of him. A leper came to him, asking of him, If you will, I can be clean. Jesus said, I will put forth his hand. Touched him and he was made clean. Well, if anybody here knows anything good about Jesus of Nazareth, step right up and tell us so the people will know. The call goes out in this same hour. Who will go forth with his word and power? Who shall his generation declare? Jesus is the Son of God. In the house Jesus was preaching the word, the place was full. Four brought a sick one, but couldn't get in except through the roof. They let down the bed wherein the sick lay While the preachers made a fuss to Jesus that day But he said to the man, arise and walk And thy sins are forgiven of thee Well, if anybody here knows anything good about Jesus of Nazareth Step right up and tell it so the people will know Stepping right up so that the people will know. God hasn't entrusted you with all the deposits of his revelation of himself inside of you to stand and be quiet. He has shared that which is of him with you so that you can share him with those whom you have already been in a love relationship with and those who you're about to be in a love relationship with. This broadcast went back to using the introduction music because the issue <clears throat> is so well described in that the power to heal was present the power uh, yes the power to heal was present and you know who got upset the religious folk the leaders you don't hear of any other repercussion other than the religious leaders well, you might want to sit down, buckle up, because when I started talking with the Lord, how long can one man speak awake? He replied with another question. How many darknesses are at work today 
where we're at. And then, by His grace and mercy, He took me aside to begin to show me that the closer we draw to the light, the more we get to understand how far away we've been. It's a progressive revelation. The more our loving, gracious, kind, bubbling out of love Father allows us to come to Him, the more we understand how far away, away we have been from Him in every dimension. So I'm just now returning back into what Amer Americans call uh, normal, which is so far from our Father's heart of love, that opened of its own accord And for those of you who have missed previous broadcasts, I'd like to have you come with me to Acts chapter 12. And here, <clears throat> Peter, the same one who denied knowing Jesus. You know, the theme song says that anyone here who knows anything good about Jesus come up and testify. Well, here Peter has gone from someone who denied knowing Jesus to being one of the principal leaders for Jesus. And what did that get him in jail? What kind of jail? A really tight security jail. What else in the jail? Metal binds to keep him still between men who are assigned to watch him. So small wonder Peter was fast asleep. He was probably physically fatigued, mentally worn down, and was not in the condition of glory hallelujah at midnight. He was alone. He didn't have a friend with him. He didn't have a Barnabas with him. God sent light. Again, I mean, that's a characteristic of God, sending light. Into the place where Peter was. And Peter slept on. So the very presence of heaven being right next to Peter didn't wake him up. Hence, awake again. Week after week, being sent to come and serve you through reviewing the message, remembering the message. Awake! I know. I'm not delivering milk. I know I'm tipping over sacred cows. 
I understand that. But it's not to be dismissed by the angel. He smote Peter to wake him up. This is in Acts chapter 12. Now back in Acts chapter 10, Peter had already had an experience where he was minding his own business. God intervened, gave him revelation, gave him insight, gave him application, and then caused him to go with strangers to apply that which he had received in the revelation. That's Acts 10. Now it's Acts 12. And Peter gets awakened. Awake! But it was not a gentle nudging. It wasn't a Peter. It wasn't the mother calling her children for school. It's time to get up now. The angel smote him. Let's get down to the reality of the time it is. We got stuff to do. And if you claim to be part of the team, you need to wake up. So, Peter, awakened, followed instructions, but he didn't understand. He didn't realize, was he dreaming? Was it a real thing? Was it a vision? And he passed through after the fetters fall off of his body. After those things which kept him immobile, break away. Now he becomes able to be mobile and he's following the revelation of heaven, an angel, a created being. By now, hopefully you've opened up to Acts chapter 12. And there it says, And they passed through the first ward, W-A-R-D, and they passed through the second ward, W-A-R-D, and led to the city, which opened of its own accord. Peter had to witness the fact it was secure and now it's not. You know, like the lame man, I, I, the blind man, the sick with the palsy, the lady with an issue of blood, in the Old Testament, the leader who came and was told, oh, go dip in that dirty water. Like them, Peter got to watch another current in his lifetime manifestation of something that could not happen in this dimension. It could only happen in that dimension, and he was watching it. So here Peter was in his earth suit, in earth, and watching something happen, unfold, unlock, in the spirit realm, which impacted the natural realm, and the gate opened up. To what? The city. What city? In this instance, specific, 
the city that was not built with hands, the one Abram was looking for, the city not built with hands. Peter stepped into freedom that was impossible in a natural. He stepped into it while in a spirit. And then an interesting phrase, Peter came to himself. Peter became aware, hey, I'm in the natural. I've been in the supranatural. Now, with the anointing from the supranatural, an angel having been in my presence, what do I do with it? As you read, you see, he knew. He didn't think, he didn't stop and pray, he didn't uh, swing by the Waffle House and get a cup of coffee and wonder about what he was supposed to do next. He knew. When you're in the realm of the Spirit of Heaven, you know. So Peter went to a place where prayer was being made. I'd like to suggest for your consideration that that prayer that was being made was about him, Peter. So, Peter stood at the door and knocked. Does that sound like anyone else you know? Peter, when he came to himself, knew what to do and stood at the door and knocked. When we come to ourself, when we comprehend and take action on God's purpose, why did God, the Almighty, the everlasting, set us free? Supernaturally. What are we supposed to do with that which He has, through action, set free? The first thing is to tell our brothers and sisters, God has set us free. And what he's done for others, he'll do for me. So we know it's God's will to set us free. And then we see the application is for us to go tell others who are in a place of anticipation, of hope, Maybe it's true. Maybe our prayers will work. Maybe we'll see Peter. In order for them to be heartfelt praying, may I suggest that they also felt the same pressure where Peter just was. When the authority of man raised up against Peter, to not just double down, but triple down, and make sure he wasn't going anywhere so they could have their way with him for their glory of man. Now that this group who was praying were come together, I'd like to suggest for you to do some more research and find how they were together in both fear and in hope. Fear of what they saw, hope of what they did not see. 
So one of them heard the knocking at the door. Not all of them. One. One. Why didn't the whole room or the whole house hear the knock? God had a plan. A prophetic plan for a person. Now, Rhoda came to the door and did not guess. Gee, I wonder if that's Peter. I wonder if our prayers were answered. It says she knew. Like Adam knew Eve and, Je and Mary knew Jesus, the voice of Jesus, when he said Mary, she knew. She knew that she knew. And likewise, Rhoda knew that she knew that was the voice of Peter. She knew that she knew God is here, doing something. Something's going on. Something is unfolding. We're about to enter into a time where God is involved. And she got so excited, she ran off, leaving Peter knocking at the door. That's where we have been in our nation. We get so excited, we, we gather together and we experience the Shekinah glory at a meeting place. And we get so excited, we run off and leave the Shekinah there. All she had to do is a small action unlatch the door and bring Peter with her. But she didn't do that. She got excited because of all of a sudden, she knew God. She knew God's action was in the process of unfolding. And she got excited, but she left Peter outside and ran in. The woman at the well in John chapter 4 caught the inspiration that follows the revelation that God was at the well. And she ran in, leaving God at the well. She ran in to tell the town, to tell others, the Messiah is here. The Messiah is here. Messiah is here. Now, she had just come out of a conversation indicating the difference between the chosen people and the Samaritans. She knew there was something different, but what overrode the division, the heritage, the tradition of doctrine was the exclamation that the answer to everyone's doctrine has arrived and is here. Come in here. Now, there are certain denominations that say women aren't supposed to preach. Seems to me that before the crucifixion, here's one lady who began to be an evangelist, telling that the good news has arrived. So, without getting sidetracked, the point is that 
wherever you look in the Bible, God has used the unlikely as a pathway to present the holy. Hello. You're sitting there thinking, well, I this, I that, and I haven't this, and I haven't that. Die. I die. Scripturally, daily. But if, when we put the I aside and die to I, and we begin to believe what Jesus said in John 17, where he said, okay, Dad, let's do this glorifying thing so that those whom you have given me can have the relationship that you and I have so that we can be one. We, us, and our. God lives in me. In me. I have laid down the I. And no longer do I query about what do I need to repent for. In that form, my query is, inquiry is, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, you tell me where the darkness is in my life. You let me know what I need to repent for. Yes, I'm still preaching repentance. Oh yeah, I did that back in 19... Uh, oh, please. There's more missed opportunities to share the gospel in your life than the bad things that you did. That you claim doesn't match up to the doctrine that you've been taught. Let's get over into the doctrine that the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost work in daily their principles that release power, the power to heal what's present. So, back to Peter and Rhoda. Rhoda runs off to tell the people. The first thing is voiced by the religious spirit present, which is to discourage them and distract them from believing the truth. There is something there that prevents them from believing Rhoda. Why did they not go, great? There was something there that the whole group was impacted by of doubt and disbelief. They're the elect ones. They're the ones wanting to follow Jesus. But there was something else operating, some other atmosphere, some other spirit, wherein the whole group said, no, Rhoda, this can't be true. Even though it was an answer to their prayers, and she was announcing good news, the use of a lady in the spreading of the gospel, even though it was scriptural, delivering a message that our prayers have been answered, they went, nah, not, no, that's not true. In frustration, Rhoda doubled down and said, no, no, it's true. 
To which they doubled down and said, you're off your rocker. You're crazy. You're mad. Then what happened? Finally, to put an end to the issue, they came and discovered there was Peter. But so much time had gone by, having left Peter outside the door, to the time they finally came to their senses, that when they came and invited him in, he says, I, I, I got other things. They had a, not a sin, but they missed an opportunity of an omission. They could have enjoyed him while he was there. He was obviously sent there. He was obviously empowered. Obviously, he just had an experience with the Almighty in heaven. But he had a certain time to spend with them, and they spent time arguing whether it was him or not, and missed their opportunity to actually have somebody who had the presence of heaven all around them, in them, through them, be in their midst. And he turned and went away. My brother, my sister, Please, please don't miss this season of preparation. It's throughout the Word of God. When the man of God was ready to take a 40-day trip, God sent the supernatural provision for him to eat and be strengthened in preparation for that which was to come. Are you hearing me? I know you're listening. Are you hearing? Take advantage. Participate in the time when the supernatural comes and provides for what's about to come ahead of time. That's what this is about. Awake! Respond to what's knocking at the door and participate. Save your family. Well, yes, but that, that, that. Yeah, I hear your buttology. Brother and sister, the time of preparation is never in the heat of the battle. The time of preparation is never after the battle is over. There's a window of that substance created for the benefit of man called time. There's a window of time to prepare. And if we're not preparing, we are with knowledge. Sorry, now I've come and pointed out to you. Like the law in the Old Testament, you know, that wasn't the salvation. I'm not the salvation. But the law accomplished something. It pointed out what was dark and what wasn't dark. God has sent another vessel along to decree as a watchman what is dark and is not dark. So that you have a preparation time of light so that you can go through what's about to come victoriously. The pattern's already been set. 
when judgment comes upon the world, God provided 100, 120, whatever your theology says, but a long period of time. God took a long period of time for Noah to build the boat, being laughed at. What is it you speak of, Noah? It has never rained here. Well, it's about to. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. God is sending a messenger to say to you, it's about to rain. It's about to rain darkness. And one of the benefits of the darkness, ruling and reigning, R-E-I-G-N, reigning, being in authority, one of the advantages of darkness being in authority is it makes even the children see the light. Even a child, even a dog, even a cat can tell the difference. All earth is groaning for you and I to become Jesus. Now, I understand. You've come from a culture. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Well, according to Greek definitions, that's an ongoing condition. Yes, I understand that. But the scripture says this message is to the saints. Now, how can you be a sinner and be a saint? at the same time. How can you claim the comfort of being with other sinners refusing to be called a saint and yet claim to be different than the sinners in the world? What changes What's the difference between a sinner on the sidewalk and a sinner in the pew? Are they not both called sinners? Okay. The Bible says God's not the author of confusion and chaos. And I apologize, but First Peter points out pretty clear God's not the God of chaos and yet when I look around me I see this duplicity of convenience and comfort oh you'll just have to forgive me I'm just a sinner dot 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 but I want to claim the benefit of being a saint. I want to go to the wedding. Oh, I'm ready to go. No, you're not ready. No one is ready until everyone is on the bus. The bus doesn't pull out when the first client sits down. The bus pulls out when everybody who's supposed to be on the bus gets on a bus. And when the last person gets on a bus, that's when the first person is ready to go. According to the way the bus works. According to the principles of God. Brothers and sisters, I'm here to tell you that when you 
get ready to go through what's about ready to come, it's going to deal with more than just you as an individual human praying through. Much deeper, much broader, much more impactful. It's not just a, okay, I decide I'm ready now, I'll follow God, I'll serve Him, I'll wake up feeling goosebumps and feeling good, and I'll call it the joy of the Lord. It doesn't happen that way. You're being deluded with a strong spirit which wants you to spend eternity in hell, not heaven. It's getting more and more serious. It's one thing to say, awake, come into the fellowship, come back into relationship that's strong and healthy. That's the beginning. Now, you say, well, okay, I'm in. Are you? I'm not talking about a secret sin. I'm talking about an unfulfilled action plan. I'm talking about responsibility. What if Noah had sat back and said, well, you know, I, I got plenty of time to follow what God has for me. Today is the day of deliverance. Today, while it is yet day, work, because the hour cometh when you can't. And we are announcing this is that. This is that hour. It's here. The evil is ranking up. They've been preparing for the last 150 years to destroy the Bible and its understanding to make those who follow Satan feel comfortable in following Satan. Now, Brother Stephen, yeah, well... All you have to do is meet the head intercessor of a church and find out that they are a witch in a coven. And their world is split between leading the first church in prayer to God, knowing that their assignment is to lead the first church to hell forever, and being proud of it and glad of it. Brothers and sisters, it's not just you as an individual. It's not just you as a family. It's the church you go to and the doctrine that you promote. How many tracks have you passed out this week when you went and bought gasoline? How many people did you talk with and say, may I pray with you? How many people do you remember their name after you did pray with them a week later? And it was a nice off-the-cuff prayer at the time and they feel a little better where are they now are they in your kitchen are they in your church are they on your regular prayer list Lord Lord what do you mean you don't know us we cast out devils in your name huh 
At your church, do they cast out devils Sunday morning? What do you mean you cast out devils in his name? You don't even cast them out of your own children and grandchildren. The closer you draw to the very presence of perfection, of which you are, Perfect in Greek means mature. It's when a fruit reaches that maturity that it is perfect. Anything after that, it's downhill. My brother, my sister, we are taught and trained to be mature. Maturely perfect. Now, here, in our individual self, in our family, first the smaller one is with your spouse, and then the larger ring of influence would be your family, and then a larger ring of other family, and then stepping outside your four walls into the walls of the gathering place, and being Jesus to those who sit in a pew to your left and sit in a pew to the right. Well, I just don't feel the calling of healing everybody. Jesus didn't heal everybody. As a matter of fact, it said he could heal a few. And in Matthew, when you unfold that Greek word, you know the few he did heal were comatose. They weren't able to talk, but he healed them anyway. The ones who could not go, well, yes, but. Or I heard a rumor about you that you're not of God. No, that He still healed those who didn't have the but theology, or the but doctrine. <sighs> the closer we draw to the Father, the more we understand discern and can see the darkness and the lies and quite frankly there's a grieving there's a heaviness oh God why don't they see why don't they understand be watchful because when you get the answer it will be up to you to do something about it. When you come into the knowledge of what you're supposed to do and then don't do it, it's different than when you show up and not having done it. At that point, originally you can say, oh, I, I didn't understand. I, faith cometh by hearing and I didn't hear. But once you do know, and do understand and then don't take action what would you do to your child once your child gets old enough to understand that everybody needs to pitch in and their responsibility is to take the trash out and they comprehend you they've had instruction they've heard the order they've been given the authority Everything is set up 
They know where the new empty, clean trash bags are kept. They know where the garbage is. They know when to take it out. They know when, it, when they become fully aware and educated. And then don't do it. What do you as a natural loving father and mother do? You begin to provide options. Like when it comes time for dinner, if you as a family still have that. When it comes time to eat, you take their plate and you turn it upside down. And then when they say, well, Dad, why isn't my plate upside down? Dad says, you had a responsibility and you didn't do it. Well, then mercy and grace kicks in and Mom says, now, husband, you know, well, they'll do it just as soon as they get through eating. No. They'll do it now. Because if they don't do it now, they'll just think they can get by with sleazy, greasy grace on immorality or lust. The principle is, if you don't do what you're told, you're not going to proceed, advance, go further. If you're wondering why God has quit talking to you, I suggest you back up the last time he did talk to you. Well, God doesn't talk to me. Yes, he does. Are you calling him a liar? To all, A-L-L, who call upon the name of the Lord. To all. Not most everybody on the block except this house and that house. All. Shall be sozo, delivered translated out of the kingdom of darkness into being a new creature that has communion with the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. God has spoken to you, and if he quit talking, may I suggest you back up to the last time he did and start doing that. Just like the young person who didn't take the trash out and is wondering why there's no dinner at his, on his plate. Back up Find out what you last heard. Go do it. And prove me wrong. If I'm wrong, bring me scripture. Please. If I'm sharing something with you that isn't in your doctrine, well, check it out first. But if after checking something out, you find that I'm off base, please, as a responsible brother and sister in the Lord, come and tell me. Show me the scripture. Help me understand how to get back on track. And you don't have to be a doctorate or a master's or a 20-year Bible college to do that. We need each other. I need you. We need each other. What I'm sharing is that which I know. I'm sharing what has track record of experience while holding my life up against a standard, a measure, a mirror. Come and run with me. Run a race where we prioritize the written word of God which 
which permits and promotes the spoken word of God in our prayer closet wherein we have fellowship with the living love who encourages us to come into the same relationship with the Father that Jesus had, has, and forever will have. You and I, brother and sister, need to live forever just to begin to understand the basics. And while we're learning the basics, the unfolding of the more is going to be happening. So there is no end to our awe and amazement at the wonder of our Lord. Come with me through the valley of grieving. Come with me through the valley of understanding how far away from the light we have been. Come with me on this journey to discover everything our eye gate and our ear gate. I say everything that we have been programmed with, that everything, is to either subtly, very slow, and over a long period of time, pull us away to distract us from the truth, or to camouflage evil, making it look good, so that we get comfortable. Now, since that is the condition as it is, Stephen, what's the answer to get out of it? How when judgment came to destroy the flesh, God... And even if Moses, Moses, excuse me, even if could open the door and let his neighbors in, why would God, oh, a soft touch and a soft guy and let drunkards don't get in? The scripture is clear. And I'll cut them all down except these items. And I'll save these items and I'll be better off. I'm helping God out. God told him, cut them all. He said, well, I'll cut most of them. What happened to Saul? Now back to my solution that God has shown me for you today, here and now, in 2023, is to get in a lifeboat. The kind of lifeboat, not the one that the Titanic had that was wide open at the top. No, the kind of lifeboat that they attached to a oil drilling rig in the Gulf of Mexico. It's totally enclosed and even has a little uh, projectile portion of the top so that the pilot of the lifeboat can see where he's going. And inside that lifeboat is provision, and inside that lifeboat is uh, all the tools necessary to get out of troubled waters and into safe waters. And I 
present before you that the lifeboat of today to help us go through 2023 is a lifeboat. It's called the Ark of the Covenant. It's called Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. It's called getting over into the purpose that came from the Father's position in the first place. And for us, you and I together, to have our own individual lifeboat with the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost so that we are preserved in order to help our spouse, then our family, then our church, then our community. In the airplane that you are instructed when you take a commercial flight, should we experience a pressure drop? A mask will fall down in front of you. If you use this, you'll survive the event. Most people in the pew today are sitting there fully relaxed and claiming, I say that word, claiming to be in Christ Jesus and not be afraid and, oh, he'll take care of me. So, there they are, the pressure drops, the mask comes down, and they're sitting there two inches away from fresh air, life-saving air, and they're going, okay, God, go ahead and put it on me. God, go ahead and put the mask on me. There's not going to be an airline hostess come by and put it on your face for you. She's got other stuff to be doing. Peter had other stuff to be doing standing outside the door. It's up to you to put the mask on yourself first so that you can help your children or others nearby you. Responsibility and action. To get into the life boat. The Ark of the Covenant. Get into Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Develop that relationship quicker than you've ever done it before. In this time of preparation for that which is about to come. Even the heathen can sense it. The earth senses it. The heathen senses it. And we are asleep like the frog and the water gently turning up warming up to our death my brothers and my sisters the closer you draw to the light the more you're going to understand what the difference is between what we have been walking in and what we could have been walking in Will he forgive us? Oh, he is so excited. You want to give God joy? Obey. You want to make God happy? Obey. Obedience is better than sacrifice. I'll, I'll give you a little experiential nugget on how to make God laugh. Tell him your plans. <laughs> But to give him joy so that he can
proudly as a parent say, there is my manifested daughter. There is my manifested son. That is a gift that you have the ability to transfer to him. It has its own reward. So brother and sister, not to leave you on a rocky, unstable stepping stone of what this message is all about. May I make it super simple. Repent. Matthew chapter 4. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It starts with repentance. In order to lose his forgiveness. So that you, being forgiven, are now empowered to forgive your neighbor to your left and your right. Not down the block, the house next to you. I'm talking about down the pew. Let it go. Then, after Ephesians chapter 4, the body comes into the unity. The fullness of the Father's faithfulness is empowered to flow. After we begin loving our neighbor as ourself, our fellow pew mates, after that, after we lay aside the rumors and doubts and disbeliefs and, yeah, I'll follow God, but let me go to the soothsayer. Let me go see what they say about a Taurus and the, the, what kind of sign is a love mate sign for a Taurus. And, and I'll just kind of check that out. Well, you just drilled a hole in the bottom of your lifeboat. You may be in it, but for how long? Until you stand before the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost in your prayer closet, you won't even know, you won't remember that you did it. It's like the Manchurian candidate. They'll do the assassination and have no recollection that they did it and can even pass a lie detector test afterwards. And you will, in your innocence, be saying, but Lord, we did this, and what are you doing? You've been warned. You're, you're being told by revelation ahead of time, in this time of preparation, how to go into preservation through what's about to come. And you don't need to study eschatology. You don't need to send money to Mr. Hoo-ha who has the answer about the Golan Heights and the temple. The world does that. You don't need to seek that. The world can tell you what it thinks. But it's the presence of his peace that produces power to where we can stand and love our neighbor as ourself. And we're going to be, I'm sorry, you may not like this, but we're going to be asked if others can come onto our lifeboat. Can they come into our Goshen? Can they participate in the reward? And as the Virgin responded, go get your own.
it doesn't come from us. We got ours from the source. We got our anointing from the source. Our candle is lit from the source. The wick is the source that's been provided. And of his own, he allows us to have a candle. We can't give it to you. Noah could not undo the hundred years of rebellion that these people became accustomed not just to doing, but becoming, being. And likewise, when I say tomorrow, I don't mean on the 10th of February in 23. What I'm saying is soon, those who are dressed look like, talk like, and smell like a hardcore follower disciple of Jesus is going to come and say, well, you can't be very Christian if you're not going to give unto us. And if you don't determine now, today in your heart, to follow him and him alone, to know his will, to speak his will, and be his will totally, you won't be able to stand in that day. That's why you've been empowered this day. And it's up to you. Pick up your mantle. Or miss the mark. Father God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray for those who have heard. And I pray even the more for those who admit they don't understand what they've heard. But they're willing to take action and come to you to get that understanding for them, about them, and what they're to do in their life, in their situation, with the rebellion that's cropped up round about them to buffet your peace, to buffet your beauty. And then I pray for the strength to take action toward your beauty and your blessings of presence in their life and in their spouse's marriage with them and in their family's community camped around about them. Father, I repent for doubting that you had so much to say I repent because my understanding was once I say awake, then what? Once I say repent, then what? Either they do or they don't. What else is there? Father, I repent because I'm discovering how much you love each and every one of us. Whether we look like a sinner or a saint, you love us. Thank you, Father. Thank you for demonstrating your love to each and everyone who hears this whenever they hear this. Thank you, Lord God, for this ministry that is promoting global implementation of communication. 
thank you that this ministry sends its representative to other nations and that everyone who hears this voice has a method called Cash App, dollar sign, HHI Radio, to sow a seed to grow parallel to this word. And the more that they nurture that seed, the stronger the seed which has been received becomes day in, day out, day in, day out, and returns with interest. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity to take action in the natural, in the emotion, in the spirit, in the finance, in the physical, in the time, in the energy, in prayer. It's up to them, all of those that we are praying for right this very second. And however it is, you choose to stand at the, their door and knock. May they open it and move forward knowing your voice. We ask you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. The same hour, who will go forth with his word and power? Who shall his generation declare? Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus entered into the synagogue again on the Sabbath day. He said unto the man who had a withered hand, Stand forth. And when he looked around with anger, he grieved at the hard-hearted people, at their unbelief. But he said to the man, stretch forth thine hand, it became just as good as the other. Well, if anybody here knows anything good about Jesus of Nazareth, step Son of 